gracious God and Father, you've promised that your word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire. It will succeed in the matter for which you've sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I think many of us are familiar with the book of Jonah, that opening chapter. Jonah is in a boat, and a great storm arises on the Mediterranean Sea. The boat's being tossed. The sailors are exceedingly fearful that their lives will be lost. And what's Jonah doing? Anybody recall? He's sleeping. He's sleeping in the boat. And the sailors come to him, they wake him up, and they say, how can you sleep at a time like this? Call upon your God. Maybe your God will hear and bring this storm to an end. And then Jonah speaks. And he knows why the storm has arisen. God has sent the storm after Jonah. And Jonah tells the sailors what to do. Throw me overboard, throw me into the sea, and the storm will cease. Now the sailors don't want to do that. They keep rowing, throwing cargo off the ship to keep it afloat storm gets worse and finally they pick Jonah up they throw him into the sea and there's a great calm and then the sailors become even more afraid they realize Jonah's God has control of the wind and the waves they fear him and they offer sacrifices to him. They pray to him. Now, I believe it was Mark Twain who said, history does not repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And I think our gospel lesson for this morning sort of rhymes with the story of Jonah. We read in our lesson that there's a great storm on the Sea of Galilee, and what's Jesus doing? He's asleep. The disciples are fearful that their lives will be lost, and they, they wake him up, and they speak rather roughly to him. Don't you care that we're perishing? And what does Jesus do? He speaks. The wind dies down, the waves become calm. There's a great calm, we read in the story. And then the disciples become really afraid, really afraid. Why? Because the one who has more power than the storm is just a few inches away from them. It was Jesus who said, there's someone greater than Jonah here.
so the disciples asked, who is this man? It's Roman numeral 2 in your outline on page 9. Who is this man? Letter A, only God, only God can, number one, control the wind and the waves. Only God can do that. It's very clear in our Old Testament reading for this morning and throughout the Psalms and elsewhere in Scripture, God has control of the elements and no one else. And yet Jesus has control of those things. Only God can, number two, forgive sins. Only God can do that, and yet we see throughout the New Testament Jesus doing that very thing. Now, the forgiveness I speak to you at the beginning of the divine service is God's forgiveness. I, I'm just the mouthpiece, that's all. But it's his doing, his forgiveness to you. Only God can open the eyes of the blind, especially one born blind, congenital blindness. No one in history could cure that except God. And yet Jesus does that. Only God can, number four, raise the dead. And yet Jesus does that. He raises the daughter of Jairus. He raises the son of the widow of Nain. He raises Lazarus. Jesus, in other words, does things only God can do. He's more than a man. He is God in the flesh. And as Jesus said, he does what the Father gives him to do so that all may honor the Son even as they honor the Father. That's saying a lot. You can't say that about anyone or anything else. To honor him as you would honor the Father himself. Letter B. A superpower in pop culture is superhuman ability. It's superhuman ability. Now, Jesus is not a superhero. Okay? Superheroes are just sort of glorified... Um, human beings. Jesus is God in the flesh, far beyond a superhero. But I think the analogy works. Superheroes are men and women with superpowers. Some are super strong. Some are super fast. Some can fly. Others can leap long distances and on and on it goes. Many of them, for some reason, like to wear their underwear shorts on the outside of their leotards, <laughs> for some reason. I, I don't know why, but, but they do. And I think it's legitimate to talk about superpowers because superpowers are divine powers given to people, human beings. Number one, Jesus never uses divine power for himself. It's something you can't help but notice in the New Testament. You know, you know, when he's tempted by the devil, he's been fascinated.
fasting for 40 days in the wilderness, and the devil tempts him by, by saying, you know, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread, and he refuses to do it. He will wait upon his Father in heaven to provide for his needs. He's not going to jump the gun. He'll wait upon the Lord, which is what you and I are called to do throughout our lives. And God will provide. But he will not use his divine power for himself. He, he will use it only in response to a request from someone else or an, an obvious need that he sees. Other than that, he will not use it. Number two, proximity to power produces fear. And you see this throughout the Gospel of Mark, especially when, when divine power is manifested, people become afraid. They start shaking in their boots. Proximity to power produces fear. The woman with the flow of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and he asks, who, who touched me? You know, power went out from me. Who, who did that? And the woman's fearful, you see. She's fearful. Jesus is walking to Jerusalem. He knows what's going to happen to him there. His disciples are following him behind, and they're afraid. They're afraid. They know what will await their teacher. Proximity to power produces fear. I can recall uh, being in, in Africa and being uh, standing alongside a watering hole and there were uh, hippos in the watering hole. Now, hippos are fast, hippos are mean, and standing next to the watering hole that the hippos are in didn't make me feel very comfortable at all. I wanted to get back in the Jeep. You know, proximity to power produces fear. And the disciples are terrified in the boat. Once the storm is stilled and there's this great calm, now they're afraid of Jesus. Why? Because they're only inches away from the one who has even greater power than the storm. Number three, in the eye of the storm, the disciples panic and accuse Jesus of forsaking them. And he bears the criticism. He bears the criticism he tolerates the abuse. My friends, what we see today in the gospel lesson is just a glimpse, a glimpse of that humility, that self-restraint that we see Jesus demonstrate in his passion. This all-powerful Jesus, whom we see bearing the abuse of his own disciples on the Sea of Galilee, it's the same Jesus whom we will see bearing the abuse, the false charges, and the nails in Jerusalem. The same Jesus. And we begin to see it here in the lesson. Roman numeral three, the ultimate superpower. And by superpower, again, I mean a divine power given to people. Letter A, Jesus' greatest superpower, and yours and mine, is his humility. His humility slash self-restraint, you could refer to it in that way, self-restraint slash 
self-control. It's all the same thing. Self-control, by the way, is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that's humility. That's the greatest superpower because that alone accomplishes the salvation of the world. St. Paul wrote in Philippians 2, have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It's that humility, that power, that strength that redeems humanity. The one who has all power submits to power. When Jesus hangs on the tree, he's able to come down. In fact, those around him who are mocking him are tempting him to come down. Come down from the cross and we will believe in you. But he would not come down from the cross. Why not? Because he knew it was his Father's will to remain there for you and for me. That's self-control. That's humility. When Jesus suffers abuse, he lets it go. He lets it go. He does not try to even the score. That is humility. The one who has power over life and death submits himself to death on behalf of all. And let her be. This is your superpower because it enables you to put others first. It saves your marriage. It keeps families together. It keeps congregations together. It reconciles enemies. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. I like to listen to uh, Dave Ramsey on the radio. You know, he gives financial advice, and um, <clears throat> he talks about common sense being a superpower because it's so rare. When it comes to money and finances, most people don't have common sense. They have their wants, their desires. He says common sense is virtually a superpower. Well, humility is a superpower because it builds relationships and it keeps relationships together. It keeps relationships functioning. And so how do you get this humility? How do you demonstrate self-control? How do you resist the temptation to even the score with your partner, with your family members, with others? Well, it's not by trying harder. It's by trying Jesus. And I, 
I quote from Hebrews 12, verse 3. Consider him, really it means meditate on him. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, so that you will not give up on someone. Consider him who endured such hostility. Meditate on him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not respond in kind. Meditate on him who endured such hostility from others so that you will not repay evil for evil and even the score. It's by remembering him It is by remembering what he endured that will enable you to endure what others say and what others do. The all-powerful Christ whom we see bearing the abuse of his own disciples on the sea is the same Jesus who will bear the abuse and the false charges and the nails in Jerusalem. It's him, same one. Humility is a superpower that rebuilds, that repairs relationships. Jesus endured the offenses of those closest to him, and it is by remembering him that will empower you to endure the offenses of those closest to you. Jesus remained loyal. He remained standing by the side of those who failed him. And it is by meditating on him that you will be able to remain standing at the side of those who failed you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.